I like sticky, sweet, yummy, indulgent. special edition of the Alice and Rosen fan podcast. I'm your guest for tonight, Whitney C., with another special guest host. Von Carmen's Olive, a.k.a. Matt. <laughs> Just the one? Just the one. We are here to discuss the Monday show, Mary Holland, and the Thursday show. Uh, Renee Colvert, Andrew Hunt. Colonel Jeff Fox and Allison's husband, Daniel. The title of the episode was Canadian Passive Aggressiveness, Extreme Cheese, The Perfect Salesman. But first, what's new with you, VKO? Uh, the queen's dead. The queen is dead. Poor old girl. She made it to 96. It's not so bad. Do you think you'll make it to 96? Nope. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you'll kill me in my sleep. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this isn't the time for that. <laughs> uh, what else is new? We have a one-year-old. We do. He's actually uh, 13 months old today. I'm not he, sure if you know. That's true. Yeah. But this is the 13th monthly anniversary of his birth. What a good baby we have. We really do. I recommend it to all of Allison's listeners. To have our baby? No. Just any baby? Their own, preferably. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. He is asleep, so hopefully we will have some peace and quiet to record this podcast episode. Although it is important to note that we live a quarter of a mile from a train track and right before we started recording there was already a train so there will probably be a few of those but we're gonna do what we can before we get started are you having a beverage i'm not having a beverage because i already had a 32 ounce beverage (laughs) of what kind oh as you know because you paid for it (laughs) handsomely handsomely i had a 32 ounce strawberry margarita at our favorite mexican place um two hours ago and i'm feeling great what about you Uh, i also had a 32 ounce margarita at our favorite mexican place but that's not stopping me from having a manhattan right now for this recording (laughs) so what's the reason you're not going to make it to 96 probably alcohol (laughs) um do you have any shout outs uh i want to shout out the regular hosts of this fine podcast lisa lowry and rafael marquez castaneda for giving us the opportunity to come on here and uh, be guest hosts. What about you? Uh, I want to shout out my brother in case he listens to this episode. Yep. So, Jacob, what up? We just spent a weekend with Jacob and Fong in San Francisco or the Bay Area where they live for Matt's birthday. And That's it great. was incredible. 
Yep. Yeah. It's a nice place. So hopefully he's listening. Um, I'd like to shout out, of course, Lisa and Rafi and Champignon Kells and uh, all the doctors in the doctor episode. I'm sorry I couldn't join you, Um, but it was really fun to listen to you guys. And also shout out to Leanne Ward. What did you say earlier about Leanne? Uh, Apparently she's a Patreon now of Allison. Good job. Good job, Leanne. She's probably trying to get back into Allison's good graces. Right, as she should. (laughs) I wonder if Allison will listen to this episode. That'd be great. I feel honored. No pressure. Patreonored. (laughs) Patreonored. Shout out to Trice for doing an amazing job with most of the uh, episodes. Well, all of the episodes that he hosts, not most of the episodes. Uh, shout out to Demian. Sorry that we couldn't get together when we were in the Bay Area, but uh, Whitney and I had a whirlwind trip. Uh, but hopefully next time when we get out there, we can uh, get together. Maybe, Demian, you could take me to a Giants game. That sounds fun. Take me too. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, shout out to Claire. Shout out to Dr. J. My girl, Dr. J. Shout out to everybody in the BF Fancast group. You guys are great. And let's get started with the episode. Let's do it. Right? So Monday was Mary Holland. Whitney, had you heard of Mary Holland? No, of course not. I do like that her Instagram name is Mary Holland Days, though. And that Allison almost called her Mary Holland Days instead of Mary Holland. But even after the episode, I have very little idea who she actually is. (laughs) Um, I had not heard of her. It helped to associate her with Clea Duvall, who I think is a great actor uh, and I have seen in many things. Um, but honestly, you're right. I, I, don't, I still don't know who she is. Uh, Tony is back on tour, we learned. So there was no chit-chat with the producer prior to the episode. But we did get more talk about his arm exploding, which was a treat. Yes. Uh, we also excitingly had an update about termites hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah betsy sodaro drop uh she has actual termites in her studio who could have thought that after treating it herself half-heartedly that she would have actually still had termites yeah never no one could have predicted this outcome right doctors can't explain it Right. <laughs> uh, we also got an update about the temperature in LA. She was really pissed because it was really hot, and I wrote in my notes, "I get it," because every day, <laughs> every day, I pray to shuffle off this mortal coil if the temperature is above seventy-five degrees. But every day, it's eighty-three degrees here in Georgia. It will not ever get colder. I'm certain of it, and. Um, I am incredibly ready for fall weather. How do you feel about the weather? Uh, It could be summer forever, as far as I'm concerned. I spent too many years in the frozen wastelands of the north to want to go back to winter. I understand that all winters are not created equally, that winter in Georgia is not nearly as harsh as winter in northern Ohio and southeastern Michigan, but I don't want to go back to that. And I would much rather be hot than cold. I'm sorry, honey. That's precisely the opposite of how I feel. Yeah. I'd so much rather be cold than hot. I think it's because when you're outside and it's cold, it only gets better. The more you move around and do in the cold weather, you forget that it's cold. Your blood starts pumping and you're into it. And you're like walking from A to B, like when we walk to the market. And by the time we get there... I'm like warm because I've been doing physical activity. Whereas in the summer you go outside and it's hot and it only gets hotter. Yeah. And for me, by the time we get to the market, I have already thought about the time that I almost lost a finger to frostbite at that football game. (laughs) Which football game? That's just a made up thing that I just came up with. (laughs) Well, 
scintillating chat from us about the weather. But let's move on. Back to Mary Holland. <laughs> uh, she's a screenwriter, an actor, and an improviser. You may remember her from such things as The Happiest Season, Wild Horses, and a new scripted podcast called Corked, which was why she was on Allison's show. Do you know what Golden Arm is? Because I remember them talking about it, and I don't know what it's about. Uh, no, I don't. Your Sorry. research didn't take you that far. <laughs> it really didn't. <laughs> well, you guys let us know what Golden Arm is all about, because I didn't do any research. And Matt did quite a bit more than me, but not that much. So I didn't go in that direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have copious notes about throwing corn kernels with a serving spoon over Allison's shoulder. I, I wrote about that, too. Um, what I wrote was, how did they get from here to throwing corn niblets over the shoulder. Like the, I don't, I don't the connection between the two topics to me was tenuous at best. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how they got there. But you know Allison. She can take a conversation in any direction. Any direction. And keep it there. And keep it there. <laughs> Repeatedly. Love you, Allison. No, episodes. love you. Right, you're Allison, if you're listening, we miss you and we love you. Um, I, maybe it's possible that I don't remember this part of the conversation because I was just thinking about the corn kid. Oh yeah. During this part of the podcast. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, um, corn kid went viral on TikTok recently. I think he's at a street fair maybe. And he gets interviewed by one of those street interview accounts with the microphone on TikTok. And they start out asking him questions like you know what are you doing today are you having fun and he's he's eating corn like elote style although i don't think it is an elote but he's eating corn elote style and he starts waxing poetic about his love for corn and it's been riffed on and turned into remixes and it's a little bit cringy at this point because just really taking this kid's 30 seconds of fame into a three-week thing but anyway he is pretty cute so that's where my mind went when I heard the throwing corn niblets over the shoulder chat although I think what they were talking about before which did not seem connected to throwing corn over the shoulder I did connect to the previous topic which was driving yourself to school when you first get your license Allison said that when she first turned 16 and took herself to school, she couldn't believe that after all those years of shaving against parental regulation, as soon as she got the chance to do anything she wanted, she just drove herself straight to school like the man would want. (laughs) What was your experience driving to school? I lived a really far distance from my school, like 10 or 15 miles. So I had to wake up earlier than a lot of people in order to get ready for school and to make that drive I also had to drop off my brother at his middle school which was a couple miles down the road in the opposite direction so um I did feel very adult because there was you know there were a lot of moving parts to the morning and there's a lot of like high stress morning every morning trying to get out the door get these kids to school (laughs) (laughs) but when they were talking about it I remembered that even though I've never had this thought about how it was silly to drive myself straight to school, I did realize the other day that I've been in school for my whole life since the age of five. I've either been a student in school or a teacher in school. Wow. The entire time. Wow. With only like summer breaks in between. I hadn't really ever thought about that. For yeah. You. That's crazy. That's my, a lot of school. My whole life <laughs> That's is a lot of inside consumed walls. by grades and quizzes and tests and relationships with students, treating students as people. Imagine. <laughs> Interesting. Did you drive to school? No, I lived across the soccer field from my high school. So, and I shared a car with my mom. I never had my own car until I was in college. So if the weather was especially horrible, uh, maybe my mom would drop me off on her way to work. But most of the time, I walked to school. 
And I did walk uphill both ways <laughs> because there was a stream that you had to cross. And so you went down one bank and up the other. And um, it was not a lot of fun many days, but I did it. How far was it approximately? <sighs> Quarter of a mile, maybe. Did you suit up in the terrible weather like Ralphie's brother in A Christmas yeah. Story? I Yes. I would often only be able to put my arms down when I got to school. <laughs> so they talked about Interlochen. Yes. Where Mary Holland went to school, where her mom dropped her off and yelled out the window, Go get him, Mary Holland. I was wondering if other Allison listeners... Knew of Interlochen. Um, I knew of it growing up because I don't think I had any classmates that went there, but even though it was a multiple hour drive from where I grew up, it was something that you would hear about. It wasn't like on the other side of the country or anything. So I definitely knew what Interlochen was as a kid when I was growing up, and I was not sure if that was common or if that was, I wasn't sure if that was just me or everyone. <laughs> Which we'll get to at the end of this. Nice. Thanks. I don't know if I heard of it when I was younger or as an adult, you know, being a teacher and all that. But I definitely have seen the school's name in print. I didn't know until the episode if it was pronounced interlochen or interlochen. <laughs> and I think my mind's eye thought that it was interlochen. Yeah. And I think I even said that out loud when we were discussing, you know, our, our, our pre-show practice. Our intense, focused dry run right. at this, in which we just looked at each other and said, we should probably record this podcast. <laughs> I think we're doing a great job. We'll find out. Yeah, it is a cool place. I've not been there, but I've heard that it's a really cool place. And it kind of jived with her, what I've heard jived with her description of it, so... And you said that it's beautiful there? Yeah. It's in the northern part of the Lower Peninsula, and it's all tall trees, and I'm sure in the fall it looks positively picturesque. She talked about, I don't also know how she got here, but she talked about Lance Bass and Danielle Fischel's (laughs) relationship. She wrote for the thing that they, about their relationship. Is it a podcast or a show or something? I don't know. Who knows? She's kind of problematic, right? Like, did she get pseudo-canceled or something? I think so. I don't remember Hmm. how, though, and for what reason she was canceled. But I think she was kind of lightly canceled. Right. And then her husband, Jensen Karp, which is, it's really funny, right, that her last name is Fischl. (laughs) <laughs> and then she's married to a guy with the last name Carp. Right. Stranger than fiction. He definitely ran afoul of Twitter. Was that two with years ago? With the shrimp cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Last year or two years ago? I can't remember. Probably two years ago. What is time? Especially when you have a baby. Everything is just weirdly compressed. And right. Expanded at the same time. You're right. I'm going with two years. Um, Anyway, I guess they dated. Yeah, apparently. Um, So jumping back to her time at Interlock, and I thought it was cute, like how how she talked about her parents and how supportive they were. Um, I don't know, but a lot of times I think kids who go to art schools maybe their parents don't always have that same reaction. And um, I also thought it was really great that she talked about how um, it was like you were going to school with the band camp kids, but you were just going to school with the band camp kids. There weren't the bullies that picked on the band camp kids there and that you could just walk around campus and there were like creative artsy people doing things. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, when I went to school for my master's degree, I um, lived in a, temporarily, I lived in a, uh, like a, kind of like a short-term sublet 
of uh, it was a room in an apartment with a bunch of other creative people in the same apartment. Um, there was an artist and there were a couple of different musical people. Um, and by musical, I mean that they had musical talent, not that they performed in musicals. Um, they sang and they played piano and different instruments all throughout the day. And I thought it was so lovely to be able to write my papers and do my homework with piano music in the background. It was a dream. Yeah. Do you have musical talent? I have negative musical talent. How is that possible? I draw musical abilities out of people and make them worse (laughs) musicians if they get too close to me. And what evidence do you have of that? It's a long list that we don't need to get into right now, but let's just say that Kurt Cobain still could be alive if not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, They talked about the importance of storytelling, which was then brought up later on by Renee Colvert on the Thursday show. So we'll get to that part later in the Thursday show. And they talked about Mary Holland's experience being a caregiver at a residential home. I just realized every time I say her name, I always say her last name with it. Mm -hmm. Mary Holland. Mary Holland. Is it because we live in the South and there are so many double barrel first names? Maybe. Mary Grace. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Um, So they did end up talking about court. How many podcasts do you listen to that are scripted? I only listen to about four podcasts because I just simply don't have the time anymore. Um, I listen to Allison's show and Hidden Brain, which I suppose is scripted. Although scripted podcast kind of gives it the feeling of like multiple parts being read out loud like a performance. Yeah. And this isn't that, but obviously... He knows what he's saying before he goes on the air. So it, it's a scripted podcast. Um, I listen to The Read, which is not scripted at all. And uh, in theory, I'm going to start listening to Disgrace Land, which is about kind of like background information about different musical artists. I have not started yet, but I subscribed in the hopes that one day I'll be in a place in my life where I can listen to it. <laughs> Uh, and I listen to Natch Butte, which is not scripted. What about you? Um, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I guess the only ones that are really scripted are I listen to Song Exploder, um, which is scripted. Oh, um, Bizarre Albums with Tony Thaxton, the T Facts, is scripted. Like, I mean, he writes it out, it's not scripted like in the traditional scripted, like a like you said, like a multi-person, you know, somebody reads a part and then somebody else reads a part. But he, Tony does say that he writes out a, a script for what he's going to talk about. Does he ever have guests on his show? No. Interesting. Just him. Up so far, anyway. Yeah. But... Uh, Court does have John Gabris and Betsy Sodaro. Love them. So, I don't know. Maybe I might check it out sometime. Betsy Sodaro, in my opinion, is the ultimate Thursday show guest. I would want her to be on every Thursday episode forever. That's so nice. Oh, shit, man. That's so nice. (laughs) Yes, although... My only, it's not a complaint, my only concern is that we would amass enough Betsy Sodaro drops that (laughs) Allison could just have Betsy Sodaro on every week, but it wouldn't actually be her, it would just be drops that Tony mixes together differently every time. That could be fun, like a Betsy bot. How would we know? Yeah, like a Betsy bot. A Betsy, somebody take that to the market. (laughs) Betsy bot, that's a go. Right. So they did a JMO, which you reminded me of earlier, over our 32-ounce margaritas. Are we going to talk about JMOs together at the end of the episode? Oh, As probably. Lisa and Rafi often do? Yes, because they are our fearless leaders, and they do everything perfectly. So we should 
We should do it exactly as they do. Right. Do they also talk about, hey, go fuck yourselves at the end? That's such a great question. There's really no way for us to find out. What would you like to do? I would like to talk about Mary Holland's Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. So Mary Holland's Hey, Go Fuck Yourself was right up my alley. (laughs) Makeup and skincare that expires too soon. There is nothing worse than opening up a mascara. And two months later, it's crumbly and dry. Like, two months? Hmm. Like, at best, that's... 60 wears of mascara but very few people wear mascara every day of their lives I don't. so <laughs> most most women are probably getting you know 30 40 wears out of that tube if they throw it away when it expires i don't know a woman maybe jackie johnson although i don't know her personally Not but yet. i don't know a woman who takes such fastidious care of her skincare and makeup that she throws things away precisely when they expire um i think most products are good for a lot longer than that and i have a lot of makeup that is quite old that i still use for example my naked palette the og from like 2016 i still have that naked palette and i still use it occasionally it's eyeshadow for those of you who aren't in the know. So it's not going like on the mucous membrane. Sure. Who would have thought that I would use the phrase mucous membrane in this episode? I didn't see it coming. <laughs> it doesn't go directly on the mucous membrane, but I'm not afraid to put it near the eye. I use it all the time. And it really does piss me off to think that you could spend... These palettes are like $30, $40, $50. To think that you would have to replenish that every few months, unthinkable. And that is the patriarchy. Yep. The thought that I had when I was listening to this portion of the Monday show was Allison and Mary Holland engaged in back and forth about how we should be adding things to makeup to um, prevent it from expiring so soon. And my thought was... Jackie Johnson is going to hear this and she's going to be screaming at you the entire time. No, we don't need to be adding things to makeup. Like, isn't that her whole thing? Like, no, what she would say was no, honey. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to be adding nothing to that makeup, honey. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Did you have... (laughs) Other things about the Monday show. Oh, the connection is that, uh, sorry, the connection between Mary Holland and Lance Bass is that she is a writer on a movie that is coming out about Lance Bass before he came out when he was dating Danielle Fisher. Is she the woman that he was dating when he came out or most recently? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Other things about Mary Holland, she's the child of doctors. She's not squeamish. Uh, we'll talk about the JMO a little bit later. Of course, when she moved to L.A., she got an apartment near a UCB theater. Apparently, L.A. is just littered with UCB theaters. Like, apparently, they're just everywhere. I do get that sense, yeah. That's interesting. She wanted to be a classical actor and do period films, but when she turned up coincidentally next to a UCB theater, uh, she decided she had to go into comedy because she loved it. She loved improv, and that sold her on comedy. So good job, UCB. You got another one. This is going to make me sound like I'm sipping on the haterade, and I understand that. I'm really not a hater. Uh-huh. I'm a kind-hearted person. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. Completely. But was she funny? No. Was there a single instance on this episode that made you laugh? No, there wasn't. And also what struck me was that at every turn, people tried to tell her uh, that she wasn't good at what she did. <laughs> <laughs> but she persisted, and that's good. Like, I guess. Nevertheless, she persisted. Nevertheless. 
I mean, that's great for her. And probably, I mean, I haven't seen her shows, but probably they are funny. And she does a great job on them as a screenwriter. And I would never seek to take that away from her. It just sometimes surprises me that Allison has on, you know, people who are like high powered comedy writers or comedians, people who do shows and, you know, make a living in comedy. And multiple times I've had the thought like, oh, I expected to laugh. (laughs) All right. But I didn't. (laughs) Allison is a very serious interviewer. And totally. um, she wanted to get Mary Holland. She wanted to deliver Mary Holland to us as a person. And there was no room in that for uh, humor. Yeah, well, we had to talk about termites and stuff at the beginning. That's so. true. We did. Well, anything else about the Monday show? No, but I think it's time for a segment. <gasps> What segment would that be? Well, typically we call it Whitney C. Wants to Know, but today we have a very special edition, Whitney C. and Matt Want to Know. What do we want to know? Well, we are recording this on the evening of September 11th. So Whitney C. and Matt Want to Know, what are your recollections, your remembrances about September 11th? I imagine that most of us listening to Allison were at least around for September 11th. We may have been younger or older, um, but I think the majority of Allison's demographic were alive for September 11th, 2001. So what uh, Whitney and I were talking a little bit this morning about our experiences, and so Whitney C. and Matt want to know what do you remember most about your own personal experience with September 11th? Okay, so a condensed answer for me is that I was in school. Again, I've spent my entire life in school. That I was in. <laughs> so this shouldn't surprise us. <laughs> right, this fits. I was in ninth grade, and my principal came over the intercom and said some vague stuff about uniting as a country. I really didn't understand until I was walking to my second block with my best friend and my boyfriend at the time. And he told us that a plane had flown into the World Trade Center. And being in ninth grade, I was 13 years old, and well, 14 maybe. And I had never been out of the South. Uh, the furthest North I had been was probably North Carolina. So I did not have a clear picture of what the World Trade Center was or how important it was how many people were in the world trade center um i knew it was a a big deal but i didn't really understand the gravity of the situation my second block teacher turned on the tv when we got there and we watched the second plane fly into the world trade center at which point she turned it off and uh we tried to do schoolwork, but that was pretty clearly not going to happen either so it was a really weird day what about you well, I was working on a airplane, a military airplane production line. I was an engineer, but I was actually down next to an airplane and one of the other one of the mechanics it used to be very popular where I work for the production people to have radio headphones on, like those headphones that are also radios. Um nobody wears them really anymore, but a guy was working on the plane and listening to the radio at the same time. And he took them off and he was like, well, Sam, hell, apparently somebody just flew an airplane into the World Trade Center. And we all kind of looked at him like, wow, that's weird. And we thought it was like an accident. Uh, And then, and we kind of went back to what we were doing. We figured it was like a Cessna or something. And... Then it became clear later when the second plane hit that it was on purpose and things got very dark very quickly where I worked because we could, you know, nobody knew what was going on. So um, we could have been a target. Uh, so they were a lot of very uh, dark questions were being asked of us by the Air Force and um we were basically ready for anything to happen. I never really felt personally in danger, but 
there were people there preparing for the fact that somebody could slam a plane into where I worked, too. Thankfully, that, of course, never happened. Uh, but it was a very, very strange day. And it's been 21 years now since that day. Yep. Long time. Old enough. A baby born on that day can now drink. Can now join should. us in the 32-ounce margarita. <laughs> right. All right, well, after that real upper of a question. <laughs> Sorry, it was my idea. <laughs> okay, so uh, should we talk about the Thursday show? Yeah, let's do it. We were her little cinnamon crumb cakes. Sent in by Aaron Holum. Shout out Aaron Holum. Great. Gotta know when to Holum. Know when to Folum. <laughs> She's definitely never heard that before. That's a brand new joke. Oh, you interpreted it as E-R-I-N. I did, but you As, know maybe I'm projecting my own femininity onto A A R O M. Yeah, and maybe as a member of the patriarchy, I naturally assumed it was Aaron. Yeah, we look for ourselves in the world. We do. Yeah. Uh, the guests were Renee Colvert, Colbert, Colbert, uh, Andrew Hunt, Colonel Jeff Fox filling in for Tony, and husband Daniel. Andrew Hunt. This was the second time on, right? This was Andrew Hunt's third time on the show. Third time. He Good apparently is an original Allison guest uh, back long before I was a listener. From Ustream? Yep. I think yeah. they talked about that. The Ustream days. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk much about the carb, which in my opinion, as you know from my previous questions, it's actually okay that we didn't. But do you have thoughts about cinnamon crumb cakes before we get too far? <sighs> Um, I didn't know what a cinnamon, like, I know what a crumb cake is, so I guess a cinnamon crumb cake is just a crumb cake flavored with cinnamon, that, now that I say that, it seems very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real sleuthing you've done there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As Lisa would say. Um, right. So, uh, I do like a good crumb cake, and, uh, I think I would like a... Cinnamon. Cinnamon is not my absolute favorite flavor, but I don't mind it in the right application. Yeah. So I think a cinnamon crumb cake is good. I know I've had one. I would probably not eat cinnamon crumb cake, and it's not that I would think it was disgusting. I just don't think it's worth the calories. Mm. I like my cakes to be moist. Oh boy, there's that word. There's that word. Everybody loves it. Moist. I like a, I like a really rich cake with lots of icing and a cinnamon crumb cake just seems like a dry thing that you would want like coffee to wash it down with and that's just not what I'm looking for in a dessert I like sticky sweet yummy indulgent desserts and this doesn't seem like that okay can we use this vehicle to talk about a difference that you and I have (sighs) icing versus frosting Oh, yeah. That's the Mason-Dixon line right there. Okay. Is that what it is? I think so. Because I draw a sharp line of distinction between icing and frosting. To me, icing is the stuff that you put on top of your cinnamon crumb cake or cinnamon rolls or whatever. And if you let it sit for more than a minute, it gets hard on top. It's thinner when you put it down, but then it, like, gets crusty on top, and then you have to, like, tap it with your fork to get through it. But frosting, for me, is the fluffy stuff that you get out of a can or you make yourself. Interesting. Frosting, for me, is not a word. (laughs) Icing. Icing is the word that I would always use. It's just naturally what I would pick to say. Hmm. There probably is a difference. Probably it aligns with what you just said but i think it's kind of like when the british say things are desserts you know <laughs> puddings <laughs> puddings that's what i meant puddings what? the british say that things are puddings and it's like there's too many distinctions within that category yeah. for it to make any sense to me and i just call everything icing okay yeah i get it can we still I, be together i guess okay good <laughs> i mean we do have that kid and everything <laughs> that kid Yeah, okay. So, carrying on. Cinnamon crumb cakes. Good? 
Yes. Yes, please. Uh, No, no, thank you. That's a no, thank you. Yes, please, or no, thank you. Well, there is a Canadian on this uh, episode. Apparently, two thirds of everybody else knows is Canadian, (laughs) or Mormon. She knows a lot of Mormons. Right. What I wonder how many Canadian Mormons she knows. How many Mormons are in Canada? I'm googling that. Well, in the meantime, I will say that I really am disappointed because this was a great opportunity to do a live That's a Good Deal because Renee was on and we didn't even get the drop, much less live. So There are nearly 200,000 Mormons in Canada as of 2019. Interesting. The fourth largest body of members of the LDS Church. In North America, though. Oh, in North... Wait... Aren't like, there only three countries in North America? <laughs> so I was How can ask it be you. fourth? Canada, America, and Mexico. Mexico. Hmm. What else is? What other countries? Okay, oh, separate I guess Google. Some Caribbean islands are technically in North America. How many countries? <laughs> How mangy countries? In North America. Riveting pod right now. 23? There are twenty-three countries in North America. You're right. It's a bunch of islands. Okay. Uh, is this, yeah, is this good pod? I don't think so. We should probably move on. Okay, let's move on. So this was Andrew's third time on the show, according to my notes. And Renee has been on the show multiple times. So I really liked the fact that Renee was on because when I started listening to Allison, the Thursday show guests were always Renee and Dave Huntsberger and David Huntsberger was much easier to take back then when he was on with Renee and not on with Wendy. Uh, as you and I have discussed, oftentimes when Wendy and Dave are on together, they go off and do their own little improv for way longer than they should do it. Yeah, Rafi is raising his hands to the air right now. <laughs> right. And uh, so it was very nostalgic for me to get this Thursday show for the week that you and I were going to do the pod because Renee was like my first, before I went back and listened to older episodes, she was like my first Thursday, one of my first Thursday guests. Interesting. And Jeff too. This was pre, you know, when I started listening, it was pre-Tony, obviously. So. Yeah, I was happy to get a, a Jeff episode in there. He's always a good person to have on. We did get more wrestling talk. <laughs> even there was there was no wrestling guest. No, but Allison couldn't stand to not throw something in about wrestling. The Colt Cabana drop at the beginning, the, the Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> that was really good. I would have been happier if it was Gabrus. Yeah, thanks. I've been practicing all week. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote Why So Many Canadian Guests. The world will never know, probably. Right. Uh, I wrote another GD Canadian for Andrew Hunt. (laughs) And I wrote just now back to school there because I've been in school, well, other than my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's that train. There's the train. This current school year, I've been in school already for six weeks. We've fully completed six weeks of school, which means that I've been back to work for seven weeks. Yeah. So I'm really, truly, fully in the thick of it at the moment. And, uh, I mean, it's going great, but mm-hmm, it's just still hard for me to believe sometimes that a lot of places start in September. So, anyway. Right. I don't know if Allison thinks that Canadians speak a different language than Americans, but there was another discussion of how to pronounce things. Uh, this week it was decal. How do you say decal? Precisely like you do. The only way to say it, decal. I've never heard anyone... Other than uh, the Coneheads actors say decal <laughs> instead of decal. That's literally a joke on the Coneheads movie. The subtext being you would only pronounce it decal if you were an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who says decal? I grew up roughly adjacent to Canada and have been to Canada many times uh, because the drinking age there is 19. Well, at least I don't know. I don't keep up on Canadian politics, but... When I was growing up, the drinking age in Canada was 19, and I went to college only maybe an hour away from Canada. So many nights we drove across the Ambassador Bridge to Windsor uh, to have some beers, eh? 
and uh, I never heard anybody say decal, although to be fair, uh, the word decal is not one that comes up probably in your everyday bar conversation. So maybe they all did. I just never heard it. And how did Andrew Hunt pronounce it? Wasn't it like decal? Yeah, it was like decal. It was like a different, completely different than either Americans or the Canadians that Allison had been talking to. Yeah, that's bizarre. He just put his own, oh, his own spin onto it. Right. Although he did bring something pretty interesting slash revolting to the show when he started talking oh. about the maggot cheese. God. Kazoo Marzu. Yeah, I right? had never had not heard, have not had, nor would I. Right. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's nothing that would make me feel like that was a good idea. They eventually had the discussion of how much money would it take for you to have that. And they were all kind of in agreement, like a million dollars would be enough to make them take three bites. No. I would need 10 times that much. Right. Millions. Yeah. With an S. Yeah. A lot of them. All the millions. <laughs> and the cost of living in Georgia is not even that high, but just, yeah, like Renee said, for the therapy. You got to come right. in with therapy. I <laughs> for the rest of your life. Uh, that's just terrible. I can't believe that it's a thing. I also can't believe it's called Kazoo Marzu. Like, that kind of sounds like the... Um, Zooby Zooby Zoo song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they could not remember how to pronounce it for the whole rest of the show. <laughs> right. They did a round of Yes, Please, or Oh, Please. Uh, Whitney C., uh, Matt would like to know, Blue Cheese, Yes, Please, or Oh, Please? Blue Cheese is a Yes, Please. Blue Cheese is a Oh, Please for me. I somewhat agree with Andrew, although his... His figure of five pieces per pizza is completely ridiculous. It's more like ten pieces per slice, <laughs> but small pieces, not huge chunks of blue cheese. It is something that it's easy to get a lot of. It kind of gives it gives a lot of flavor to the whole dish when you have just like small crumbles of it. So the smaller the pieces, the better for me. But I do like the flavor. I think it's especially good on a hamburger. I would eat it on pizza. It's okay as a dressing, like, with hot wings. Your two favorite things in the world. Buffalo wings and blue cheese dressing. (laughs) I was firmly with Renee on this one. Um, She was the only O-Police. Or as I wrote in my notes, no. (laughs) Um, Right. Uh, Daniel was kind of the only other one that was close. He was like, oh, for a long time, he was a oh, please. But then he recognized the flavor that it brings. And like, I get it. I get the fact that it's a strong flavor. Uh, but I'm just not, I'm not into it. I do think that Lisa has to serve some blue cheese now. Maybe not Kazoo Marzu, but Lisa has to serve some blue cheese at the next uh, BFF group recording. I think that. We should definitely put that on her, yeah. (laughs) I did appreciate the fact that there was no snack chat drop or song, theme song, for the Kazoo Marzu uh, discussion. I do desperately miss snack chat, though. It's a great segment, and I want it to come back. I want it to be on every Thursday show. I think that when she gets back into in-person, which may or may not ever happen again, I think snack chat's a lot easier uh, when they're all sitting in the pod cabin. That's true, but it's totally doable to to still do it from a distance. Like, right. if you put enough just time and effort into this... have a little pre-coordination. This, like the Sloppy Boys, they drink from a distance. They drink the same drink together every week. Right? Yeah, two of them are on the West Coast, and one of them is in New York City, and they have the same drink every week. Yeah. It's, I mean, certainly it takes some, some pre-planning and a little legwork, but it's totally possible to send some snacks through the mail. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I miss it. I want more of it. Uh, They talked about TikTok. How do you feel about TikTok? I'm not on. Not looked. You're not on the TikTokies? I'm not. For what reason? We were told that it was a security risk and that we should not, in any circumstances, consume TikTok content while we are on the property of my employer. Hmm. Sounds a little overblown, if you ask me. I agree. Yeah. But I'm just... Haven't done it. Yeah. Renee said she was accidentally on TikTok. 
accidentally because she's moved on to the production side of podcasts yeah. and so much of it happens the promo i guess happens on tiktok and so i haven't looked up her account i do spend time on tiktok every day what every day you act surprised because you don't have seven tiktoks to watch from me <laughs> when you do get home from work <laughs> what's the most recent tiktok i sent you uh you sent me a tiktok about headstone cleaning oh that's true yeah we talked about there's a, a pretty viral account on tiktok where a woman cleans the headstones of graves that have been left in various states of disrepair for those of you in the listening audience our home is not far from a very historic southern cemetery where a bunch of problematic but very historically important people are buried but then also very close to just a public graveyard right so not all of them are terribly problematic (laughs) some of them are just dead right yeah they're all dead (laughs) but some of them are just dead (laughs) anyway that'll be fun coming with halloween coming up yeah yeah she talked about the salesman who came to her house to sell solar and how he inspired trust in her i really wish that she had some audio of his pitch although i get why she wouldn't necessarily do that um, for privacy reasons but I just wish there were a way that we could hear the pitch so we could really understand what it was about him that she connected with but uh, I did laugh when she said that he was really into crypto and NFTs (laughs) and that made her lose respect for him as a person not as a salesman but as a person (laughs) right yeah, um, I thought that was a great segment, and um, I'm glad that they're getting solar panels, and I'm also glad that it provided some good content for us because that was pretty funny. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to look into some kind of... Well, there's there's probably not one, but when I think of California and their environmental crises, I think about water first, yeah. you know, but... There's probably not a way to make your home more water sufficient, is there? Efficient, is there? Uh, Native plants, maybe um, gravel in your front yard instead of grass. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. Although, Wendy needs a place to potty. Sure. There's probably a way to accomplish that. A little grass. Yep. A strip of grass. A landing strip. (laughs) Of grass. Uh, They talked about, speaking of outdoors, the mosquito bite count that Allison has right now. Mm -hmm. And being that we're in the South, and still in the summer months of the South, uh, both of us have pretty noteworthy mosquito counts right now. I came back from errands this evening. Uh, Keep in mind, it's September 11th. And I was getting a couple of things out of the trunk. And in the time it took me to get out of my car, get to the trunk, open it up, get the things out, and close the trunk and get inside the house, I got three mosquito bites. And you park like 20 yards from the house. Not 20 yards. No. No. Five yards. Five yards. 20 feet (laughs) from the house. Yeah. So close. Three mosquito bites in that time. Right. I have a cluster of mosquito bites on my right ankle from walking the dogs one day. They attacked me all in one place. Yep. I have two mosquito bites on my left shoulder from yesterday. I just swatted a mosquito away today <laughs> from my left cheek. I don't think it actually got me, though. I just heard its piercing whine. Yep. Daniel brought up the fact that they never used to have mosquitoes in L.A. Uh, Heaven. The- Sounds like a wonderful place. <laughs> it really does. Uh, before we get too far past it, in my notes, I want to know from the BFF listenership if I was the only one who recognized the Hockey Night in Canada theme song when Jeff played it for Andrew because immediately my ears perked up. But I don't know how many fellow listeners caught that. I did not. I did not <laughs> catch that, but you probably already predicted that I did not catch it. I did, yes. 
Uh, she discussed several JMOs. Uh, Kevin as a Backstreet Boys cutie. That was Andrew Hunt's yep. suggestion. Uh, magical thinking related to Renee's <laughs> JMO. So have you ever have you ever done that? You've wanted something and didn't it didn't happen, and so you ascribe the loss of that thing to something that you did instead of something that happened external to you, like some external force? I don't do this, but I have definitely engaged in some magical thinking. Like if I'm struggling with a decision and I have to throw away a piece of paper and I think like, oh, if I make it into the trash can, then it's a yes. Yeah, I've done the same. I do that, definitely. But I think it's really just, you know, I want the problem off my hands and so I, I ascribe the power of the decision onto this other thing out in the world and certainly when I was in the process of giving birth I definitely engaged in some magical thinking (laughs) with with regard to just how intense that situation is running long runs I often would you know like bargain with God about (laughs) making it through the last couple miles I had to do yeah um, so I'm familiar with the concept, but I don't think I've done it uh, in job interview situations, which was the context of Renee's JMO. I've had one job interview in the past 25 years, so I'm going to disqualify myself from this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Jeff said he wondered if it was just him or everyone that there's a shelf or area that is always overflowing, and I immediately identified with this because... As Whitney can tell you, um, I have a few t-shirts. A few dozen? (laughs) I'm glad you just said dozen and not hundred. And they are on a shelf at the top of our closet. And there have been many times when I have worried about pulling out one on the fifth layer down, avalanching all of the ones above it and adjacent to it down on my head. And just burying me probably forever. <laughs> Never to be heard of from again. Right. Where's oh, I wonder where Matt is. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh God, he's in the closet. Oh God. Under twenty five thousand t shirts. <laughs> yeah. I think the key, like Daniel hit upon, is that you have to store those things below eye level. Yeah. Things that you have so many of, or they're awkwardly shaped, they have a propensity to take a tumble. You just have to store them below eye level. I think one of the best things I did for my sanity was start storing my Tupperware containers and lids below eye level. Yep. An incredible decision, circa 2011. And now I will never, (laughs) ever go back to the way it used to be, which is that I would just, like, jump (laughs) to try to find (laughs) the right Tupperware lid and try to focus on a new area of the chaotic shelf with every jump. Because I was too lazy to go get a footstool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never go back. You shouldn't. Uh, Allison's JMO was getting up to put new batteries in her mouse or keyboard is the worst thing in the world. She got a lot of support from her guests, but I got to say, I can't agree. Really? I mean, also, like, I mean, you don't have to have a mouse or keyboard with a battery if it's that bad i actually have never even considered buying one of those that might have just always been corded and it doesn't particularly bother me right but i can see myself in her position you're really good about charging batteries though Mm. with your cameras you always have a charger going somewhere in this house it's true (laughs) uh i see where she's coming from although i'm not in the situation myself like i said they're are certain things that would make my life easier, small tasks that have to do with like the the setup of a thing or just like the innards of getting into the innards of a thing that I just don't do. Like I have a oil diffuser at work that it is my intention every morning to go in and put oil in the and water in the diffuser and set it to go for at least a couple hours until the students come in. But I almost never do it because it's just <laughs> too much work to go put water in the top of it every day. Yeah. And so like once once a month 
I'll put on the oil diffuser and I'll think, this is so nice. I should do it every <laughs> so day. Nice. And then I never do. Yeah, I hear you. So I get it. It's like that 20-second thing that Andrew Hunt talked about. It takes me way more than 20 seconds to walk down the hall, put the water in the thing, get the oil out, <laughs> and put it all back together and turn it on. And so I just don't. Yep, I hear you. I like Jeff's idea about the dating doula service. I thought that yeah, was really clever. I thought that was really clever, too. He's a million-dollar idea man. Yep, very talented guy. <laughs> and uh, Andrew Hunt, I believe, had the hey, go fuck yourself about toilet paper packaging. Do you agree? I. It's pretty compulsive. Is that the word that I'm looking for? Word person? What's the rest of your sentence? I'll let you know. That I do that. Every time we buy toilet paper or paper towel. Sure, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I pretty much have to put my thumb through the packaging. Uh, I think it's a great way to carry your toilet paper 24 roll that's actually only 12 rolls. A handle would be nice because every time they ask me at Publix if I want a bag for my toilet paper, I always say no. It almost always would be easier when I'm fighting off the mosquitoes to get from the car to the In the door. screen door. In the screen door. But I never tell them to put it in a bag, so I always have to jam my thumb through the packaging. It's just how the world works. Although, is it Allison who, who had his reel as a sponsor and then we started using them? The bamboo toilet paper service? It must have been, yeah. Yeah, not bad. I like reel. Yep, although they send, well, we won't get into that. They send way more toilet paper than we need. They send way more toilet paper than we need, and we have to continually go in and postpone the next shipment. (laughs) Like, how much are these people shitting? (laughs) (laughs) Not us. Not us. (laughs) Never. Never. Right. Anyway, so you're saying that we are going to lose that because we don't buy toilet paper in the store anymore. But we do buy paper towel, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's not as prominent of a thing, but... They're packaged the same way. They don't tend to give you 30 rolls at a time, though, or 15 double rolls. True. It's more like four or six. That is true. Anything else from the Thursday show? Before we wrap this shit up and send it off to Lisa, who apparently is going to make a podcast out of it. Which, thanks, Lisa, for your service. All right, thanks, Lisa. Anything else from Thursday? No, I think I'm, uh, I'm good on it. I am as well. All right, BFFs, thank you for listening. Have a great night. BFFs, you truly are the fucking best. Pass the pub, you sucks your body. And the church, you snatch your money. The queen is dead, boys. And the soul of the enemy. Pass the pub, the wrecks your body. And the church, all the while. Your money, the queen is dead, boys, and it's so lovely on a list. 
sit for more than a minute, it gets hard on top. It's thinner when you put it down, but then it like gets crusty on top and then you have to like tap